Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, you know what this show is all about. The Grindhouse, horror, exploitation, sci-fi, gems in the rough, movies that should be avoided at all costs, and maybe some movies that really should be uh, should be seen. And today I've got a stack of movies here to talk about, and beings, uh, a lot of them are hit and miss, uh, I figure I could probably blaze through all of these in around a half hour, so uh, hold on to your shorts, here we go. So last episode I... Uh, teased a bit of what was heading your way on Soft Underbelly with uh, with all the Blu-rays that I was going to be getting. And I I have all of them now. I have not watched Spasmo or uh, Contamination. I've seen Contamination numerous times. It's, uh, it's, it's a great movie. Uh, but I have not watched the Arrow Blu-ray release of it yet. So um, I will be watching that. Uh, very, very soon, and reporting back on the contents of the special features, because Arrow does a fantastic job of special features on pretty much all of their Blu-ray releases. Um, And also, I'm going to probably hit on that movie a bit on the other show that I'm on, uh, Movie Freaks, as well. So, uh, I didn't get to those yet. What I did get watched, though, was uh, the six different post-apocalyptic uh, Italian Mad Max Escape from New York Warriors type knockoffs. And when I say knockoffs, I mean we're borderline plagiarism here on a couple of these, which is okay. I'm not complaining because uh, that's part of this type of movie. It's part of their charm is to see all the numerous uh, ways that they can rip off a bigger, better movie. And they do in spades, especially the first three that I'm going to talk about, which, incidentally, are the best of the bunch, um, which surprised me because I was actually expecting to like the Corman, uh, the Roger Corman post-apocalyptic movies from Code Red better, uh, but the Blue Underground uh, Blu-rays that came out, I, surprise, surprise, I actually liked these better, uh, and I'll get into some of my reasoning with each of these movies. So, I'm going to start with the first one, and this is a trilogy, kind of, especially the first two, you can tell they go together. The third one is a lot more loose in the ties to the first two movies. However, they do go together. Um, So the first movie is 1990, The Bronx Warriors. And uh, this movie was directed by Enzo G. Castarelli, and uh, just looking here, uh, he directed all of them. Actually, I mean, most of the cast and the crew are the same on all of these, and so are the sets. And that kind of trickles over into the Roger Corman movies as well, reusing sets. And that's just a part of uh, low-budget movie staples is you know, get the most bang for your buck, all that good stuff. And which is fun. It makes it uh, more comical when you see sets reused, props reused, uh, a lot of these old junker cars that are, you know, all meddled up and they're supposed to look Mad Max-ish are reused in, in different movies. So, uh, but th- those are the Corman's. So, 1990, The Bronx Warriors. Uh, Blu-ray. Uh, 
back here, says the first to die were the lucky ones. It's 1990, and the Bronx has officially been declared a no-man's land. The authorities have given up all attempts to restore law and order when a beautiful young woman runs away from Manhattan into this wasteland of motorcycle gangs and marauding warriors. Her corrupt father sends a ruthless mercenary to bring her back at all costs. But gang leader Trash has other plans uniting the rival outlaws to wage an all-out guerrilla war against their corporate oppressors. Uh, co-written and directed by Enzo Castrelli, uh, he actually also directed The Inglorious Bastards, which uh, I'm, I guess, in the minority when it comes to Grindhouse fans and their like of that movie. I really didn't like that movie. Uh, obviously, Tarantino's movie, I, I love that movie. But for some reason, the original just didn't do it for me. I should give it a rewatch, having said that. Uh, this action-packed post-apocalyptic cult classic is a delirious mix of elements from The Warriors and Escape from New York. That is putting it mildly. Uh, starring Vic Moreau, which he was uh, also in Twilight Zone, the movie. He was the uh, the actor that got killed by on that tragic uh, helicopter accident on Twilight Zone. So it is interesting to see him in this movie because this could have been his last role before the Twilight Zone. Uh, and then there are some other... Uh, names that you've probably never heard of, although Fred Williamson is in this, and um, uh, he's great in this, because he's Fred Williamson, he, and he, he's playing Fred Williamson, uh, similar character to his smaller role in From Dust to Dawn, all, so anyway, um, anyway, I do want to mention here real quick about the transfer for this, uh, and here is where the Corman movies shine, is the, the Corman movies from Code Red really, really retain a beautiful cinematic look. Uh, they are restored amazingly. They look way better than I'm sure they ever have, and uh, they look like bigger budget movies because of it. These movies, and I'm not... I, I still really, really like the look of these, although you can tell they went through a serious digitizing process for the HD transfer. And I, I could tell uh, on these movies... You can just tell it has this look to where it, they've really sharpened the picture. And I'm not complaining. It does look good. But as far as the more film element look, the uh, the Code Reds definitely trump these. However, that's not to say that these don't look good. I think they, they do. Um, this movie is... Um, and actually, I'm looking at the trivia here. And this was uh, Vic Moreau's last completed film before the onset death on The Twilight Zone. Um Oh, I, I got to say, one of the uh, the best parts of this movie, and by the way, it's set in New York, and it's obviously set, you can tell it's set in New York, but uh, what they claim is the Bronx is the farthest thing from the Bronx. Um, I'm not sure if they were in Brooklyn, but you can just tell they're not in the Bronx in this movie, and it just it feels like back streets of New York not in the Bronx. Um, how do I know? I was in New York, and it felt... Brooklyn-ish to me, uh, especially close to the bridge and all that good stuff. But anyway, uh, the best scene in the movie, and this is no this is no spoiler at all. Uh, there's uh, several rival gangs are meeting by the river, and uh, for a big confrontation, um, and it's a tense moment, which is that's okay, we, we get it. Uh, everybody looks ridiculous in their early '80s leather and big hair and. Uh, again, they're trying to channel the warriors somehow and um, with a dash of escape from New York. So they look ridiculous. Um, going Snake Plissken meets warriors. Uh, and 
in the, the background is a, a little drum set, and there's one of the gang members is uh, playing a little drum beat to heighten the tension. And it's almost like it's, it's the, um, the bottles clinking scene in Warriors Come Out to Play in the end of The Warriors. And it's almost like that, just a... And it's hysterical because it's so it's almost um, it's almost uh, breaking that barrier of audience and movie to where uh, here here's a gang member playing a little funky beat for you the audience to see that this is tense it's so odd and weird and great um, other than that the movie is your standard low budget uh, there is a couple of cool. Uh, gore scenes in it, surprisingly. I, I like that. And you, know, you got the Italians doing their gore thing. Um, although this is the weakest of the bunch, in my opinion, uh, for, for these three movies. It it was almost... Uh, one, it was a little bit too long. At 92 minutes, this should have been about 80 minutes. That's one thing that Corman, for the most part, is good at, is he keeps his movies tightly paced. So uh, cutting 10 minutes out of this would have been ideal. However, it's still uh, very watchable and very... Uh, easy to recommend for uh, Grindhouse fans. So anyway, I'm going to move on to Escape from the Bronx. Uh, back of the Blu-ray here, and this uh, the, the picture quality, everything applies to these two that did with uh, Bronx Warriors. They're back and out for blood. The year is 2000 and the Bronx have been reduced to a decaying, desolate wasteland infested with swarms of vicious street gangs and outcast scavengers. When an imperialistic mega-corporation plans to rebuild the doomed no-man's land into a perfect metropolis, they unleash their secret army of sadistic death squads to wipe out the few remaining inhabitants. But beneath the twisted rubble, fierce legions of resistance fighters arm themselves for the final onslaught, ready to die for their homeland and ready to kill for it. Um, A couple of of notes here for me... Um, uh, this movie here is definitely gorier than the previous one, and I really like that. It's this one here. I'm not sure if I've ever seen uh, this many bodies being uh, blown up in slow motion. Uh, and when I say bodies, it's uh, mannequins and dummies dressed up in uh, suits. Uh, it's hysterical. Uh, the death toll. I I actually hit on this a little bit on. Uh, on movie for death toll in this movie was 174. There's 110 killings via shootings, 40 from explosions, nine from flamethrowers, a stabbing, uh, and then some various other methods of killing. Uh, and, and it's all done uh, laughably. Uh, so, uh, but I will say this was a violent, much more violent movie than the first one. And of course, because of that, I liked it more. Of course, uh, slightly shorter runtime. It felt a little bit tighter paced. And it just felt a little bit, um, I don't know, just a little bit uh, more enjoyable. Uh, Now, this one here, I don't believe they even had the budget that they did on this one as they did for the first one. So lots of reused sets. And it it almost feels a little bit more hokey, but because of that, it definitely helps the movie. Uh, It's it's Mystery Science Theater fodder, of course, but I love it. It's... uh, um, in fact, I believe that this was on Mystery... Yeah, this was on Mystery Science Theater, so there you go. If you are interested in watching uh, the uncut version, because there is no way that they got uh, away with showing all of this on um, on Mystery Science Theater, but 
that shows you the level of quality of this movie. It was on MST3K. Uh, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, gets a thumbs up from me. Last on the Blue Underground uh, post-apocalyptic movies is The New Barbarians. And this one here has the coolest cover of the three. It looks so cool. Um, a cross between uh, Fred Williamson and some Italian dude is what the art artist rendered this picture out to be with this impossibly cool crossbow, bow and arrow thing and futuristic cars. Um, it's hilarious. Back of the movie here, dealers and death exterminators of the 21st century. It's the year 2019, and the world has been devastated by nuclear war. The few survivors try desperately to reach a distant land, only to be thwarted by brutal attacks from the fierce, from the fierce Templars and their leader, One. When solitary warrior Scorpion rescues the beautiful Alma from the clutches of the Templars, they join... Nadir and a ragtag group of survivors in a furious fight to the finish against the ruthless exterminators. This one here is uh, through and through a complete ripoff of Mad Max, uh, a little bit more even uh, than the other two. Uh, this one here borderlines on uh, plagiarism. It's it's hilarious, the things that uh, they try to pull off in this movie. Um, is it good? Uh, no, but yes. Uh, it's also known as Warriors of the Wasteland. And um, what to say about this thing? It's the same old, same old, just more uh, bad hairdos. And now we're getting, uh, uh, this one here was a year later. And even then, in this one here, to me, the styles are, were already changing just a little bit. Um, so George uh, Eastman is in this. And George Eastman was, uh, he was in several different uh, Italian horror movies and westerns. Uh, he was in. Um, oh boy, he's got a, a nice list of uh, of credits to his name. Iron Master, uh, twenty nineteen after the fall of New York, Blast Fighter, Hands of Steel, Stage Fright, which is a great slasher movie. The Barbarians, Delirium, Metamorphosis, um, and so on and so forth, and blah 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 blah. Anyway, um, but he's a big Hulkin Italian dude in this thing, and uh, bad guy. But uh, more violent bloodshed, explosions. Uh, if just watching these movies, it truly feels like they're they're truly risking their lives making these movies. That any any one of the car crashes could have resulted in someone dying is is how it feels like they're shooting these things. Um, and I'm not complaining either. I think that that's, uh, it makes the movies certainly more enjoyable. Now, do they get it right like the Mad Max movies do, especially the first two? No. No, they don't. But that's okay. Well, we're not watching them for Mad Max-type thrills. We're watching them for Italian rip-off Mad Max-type thrills, and they deliver. Okay, next up is the Roger Corman movies that uh, that I had hinted I was going to be talking about next episode. I'm going to go in order as well with these. And I'm going to start with, uh, the, the titles are Wheels of Death, The Sisterhood, and Equalizer 2000. I'm going to start with Wheels of Death. Uh, this, this tough actioner is set in a dangerous, uh, degenerate future time when a group of lowlifes terrorize everyone around in desert land. Yeah, desert land, literally, that's what it says. Led by a baddie named Scourge, he and his henchmen kidnap and regularly rape the sister of the hero Trace. Trace gathers up some allies in Stinger, um, a distaff bounty hunter, and Spike, 
a young clairvoyant girl, so he can charge in and rescue his sister. Between the three of them, the Scourge, by any name, is sure to be conquered. Uh, directed by post-nuke film specialist Chirio H. Santiago. Because there you go. Uh, and I will say that the... Uh, the sister that's getting uh, raped in the movie, uh, she's a Playboy Playmate. Uh, so uh, everything feels fake and phony and forced in the movie. Everything. And it's, uh, it is as grindhouse-y. As somehow it's even more exploitation and grindhouse than the, uh, the Bronx movies were. Which surprised me, actually. Uh, I, I'm not... Maybe I'm... I'm not sure why, but this one here is, oh, it's such a bad, bad ripoff of better movies. And 84 minutes, or not even that, no, 81 minutes, and that's with extended entry, uh, beginning credits and closing credits. That's Roger Corman right there. Uh, but uh, the movie itself is uh, silly car. All of these feature some at least one car that is so cool and so cheesy and great. Uh, this movie here good violence, it's hilarious. However, I actually, rem- and I watched the Blue Underground movies first, I actually remember them better, and I've, this was like in the last week that I've watched these, uh, I can barely remember anything about Wheels of Fire already. Uh, that just shows what an impact that movie made uh, in my life, other than 80 minutes that I'll never get back. But uh, just kind of did its thing with with. Uh, cheesy effects and uh, cheap budget and moved on. Um, and I'm moving on to the next movie. Next up is The Sisterhood. And this one here, uh, I did some research before I watched it. This one here got the worst reviews of all of the movies. Um, and honestly, uh, this one here might be my favorite of the bunch. Um, probably because of the scantily clad barbarianish women on horses fending off big, bad Italian dudes in cars. I don't... Eh, whatever. Uh, the year is 2021 AD. Women have been enslaved by a brutal army of men who survived the nuclear holocaust. Their only hope for freedom is in the hands of a nomadic band of fierce she-warriors. The Sisterhood. Um, starring people you've never heard of, more than likely. Um, yeah. Here's one, uh, one thing of note with this movie. This is the uncut version of the movie. Featuring uh, about, I think it's like 16 minutes of added footage. And none of this movie is really uh, extreme or anything, or gory even. I'm guessing it's padding. And I'm surprised that that's the version that Code Red and Roger Corman released. Because this would have have been total low-budget gem had it not been for a lot of the padding that's in the movie. So... There is a version out there that is significantly shorter than this and probably all the better for it. Having said that, it's still fun. Uh, the effects are horrible and the padding is horrible. Uh, reusing sets from Wheels of Fire as well as the next movie I'm going to talk about, that uh, Equalizer 2000. But it's okay. It's uh, It's got its own flair and it works. So anyway, I enjoyed it for what it was. And last but not least is Equalizer 2000. And uh, the cover of this movie is just great. Um, the final war is over, but the battle has just begun. And by the way, all of these Corman ones, there's really no explanation as to why things are the way they are in the future. They just are. It's just Mad Max-ish. And you just roll with it. 
this one here on the back of the Blu-ray, following a nuclear holocaust, Alaska is turned into a desert ruled by a cruel tyrant. This sci-fi post-nuke actioner chronicles the attempts of rebels to uh, take over and destroy the tyrant and free up water and other resources for others. Essentially, this is another wild knockoff of the Mad Max films. One man named Slade uh, leads the revolution to battle the army of villains using a special gun called the Equalizer. Penthouse hottie, Kareen Alphen, I guess, uh, and then other people are in the movie. Oh, and Robert Patrick actually has a uh, small role in this movie. That Robert Patrick from Terminator 2. He's in this. Um, So, anyway, there you go. Uh, More padding uh, to get from one action scene to the next. Uh, Cars are cool. Not much else is. Uh, Halfway through the movie, and the same applies to all of these Corman ones, halfway through the movie is like this band of, of like, tribal people show up randomly. Uh, It's like our heroes or the villains are traveling through the desert and just random... Uh, tribesmen of some sort with silly face paint on their faces show up to, uh, I guess, add a couple more scenes, whatever, and pad out the movie. So this is no exception. Uh, The movie is whatever. It's funny how everybody's fighting to get this gun, which is essentially... uh, It's a cool-looking gun. It's It's like an M16 and a shotgun and a double barrel gun all tied together and a flamethrower maybe... Uh, it, but it looks cool, but it's like, really? You're like, hundreds of people are dying for this gun. It's like, yeah, all right, yeah, sure. But it, it was fun for what it was. But I was definitely uh, a bit disappointed with the Corman titles versus the uh, the Bronx ones. Still, they're all watchable, especially if you're fans of this type of thing uh, and you know what to expect. You'll enjoy them, I think. Uh, I did. I'll watch them again and probably feel shameful and sorry for myself after watching them, just like I did these. That's okay, uh, the first time. So, uh, and also, uh, it made me uh, pull pull out the Exterminators of the Year 3000 Blu-ray again uh, as one that I will be re-watching. This one here, Shout Factory released it, and or actually Scream Factory, sorry, Scream Factory released it. And uh, by the way, just to clarify, uh, Scream Factory is a... Uh, Subject area of Shout Factory. That's kind of the, uh, I think that's kind of like the parent company, and then Scream Factory is their horror offshoot. Although this movie is not a horror movie, and I believe I've talked about this movie already on uh, both this show as well as more than likely talking about it a bit on Movie Freaks. But uh, it's another Mad Max ripoff. But I do recall enjoying this movie significantly more than all of the other ones that I just talked about. So you may want to uh, to give that one a shot. Uh, as well, but they're all good in their own right. And there, uh, you know what? I I did some research, and there are uh, there are so many of these low budget, early to mid eighties uh, Mad Max, Road Warrior, uh, Escape from New York type ripoffs. It's it's incredible, and and, and these here to me kind of blend over into. Uh, the sword and sandals type movie as well, especially like watching these. Uh, the sisterhood reminded me a bit of a cross between a Conan ripoff, uh, kind of Conan ripoff, along with the Mad Max thing going on. But a lot of these try to. It's almost like some of them combine them together. Um, 
there's one called She Wolves of the Wasteland, and uh, and then a lot of these. You know, I could start talking about the uh, the Corman Deathstalker movies again, but uh, the Executioner, Metal Storm, uh, Interzone. So there's just a bunch of it, the list goes on and on and on. So it's like it's just weird how it feels like all of a sudden I have a bunch of these cheesy Italian post-apocalyptic movies on Blu-ray, but there are so many out there that I've never heard of or seen. And if they're even, if they're even as good as these silly things, then they're, they're infinitely watchable. And I can't wait to someday, uh, have a chance to watch some of these. Unfortunately, a lot of them never even made it to DVD and they are long lost on VHS or the only way to watch them at this point is, uh, crappy VHS transfers on YouTube, which is too bad, but um, at this point in the game, the big companies aren't releasing stuff like this anymore, catalog titles. You have to wait for the the little guy to, to put them out there. So you got your Code Reds and your Blue Undergrounds and Scorpion and Arrow and Scream Factory and all those smaller niche uh, boutique labels they get the uh, the rights to release these things. And I really hope that, that like, especially like this uh, Exterminators of the Year 3000, I really hope that it sells well enough to justify more of these. And the same would apply for some of the Italian horror movies that Scream Factory have been putting out recently, which is great. But some movies that I never thought would be released on Blu-ray, uh, Ghost House and Witchery, uh, were put on a double DVD, or I'm sorry, a... a, a two-pack, not two-pack DVD, uh, Blu-ray, but uh, two movies on one Blu-ray disc from Scream Factory, and they are great examples of the late 80s Italian horror movie, and they're super cheesy, and they're a blast. I watch them every year. I've watched them on DVD uh, once a year for as long as I can remember now. They're they're a blast, especially Witchery with uh, David Hasselhoff and Linda Blair, and I'm being serious. They are in that movie. Uh, And then also, I think my second episode second or third episode of Soft Underbelly, I touched on the the uh, the House of Horrors uh, Italian movies, uh, the, which Umberto Lenzi and uh, Lucio Fulci did. And I'm really, really hoping that those get a Blu-ray release as well. But a lot of the times, it just depends on what sells. So if these Italian horror movies sell well, then more than likely Scream Factory will release some more of them, or some other company will release some more of them. So I really hope that uh, that they do get the uh, the push that they deserve because these are some of these are just long lost I hate I hesitate to say classics but they uh, they they've been lost and are being rediscovered on Blu-ray uh, which is great so anyway that's all of the post-apocalyptic movies that I got all taken care of um, and I'm glad that that um, this is more light-hearted cheesy fun versus the last episode that I did where I touched on that. Uh, horrendous thing that I, and it's crazy that I've actually talked about that movie on two different podcasts now, my own show and then Movie Freaks. So hopefully I don't have to revisit that movie ever again, but more than likely because how it was so hardcore, I I know how I am and I'll probably blab about it on one of our shows again. Uh, so anyway, it was nice to do something a little bit more silly, which is what this show caters to is ridiculousness. So stay tuned for the next episode where I may or may not touch on uh, the Contamination movie and Spasmo and God only knows what else I'm going to watch before then. It's 
It's always something. So anyway, that's going to do it for my show. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. And please feel free to send me an email with any questions or comments or movies that you think I should check out or movies I I should just avoid. Uh, You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. And of course, stay tuned for another exciting episode of Movie Freaks heading your way soon, where we'll be continuing our top 100 movies of all time, amongst other uh, fun, drunken movie talk shenanigans. And, And we're on iTunes, as well as our friends at Cinema Sidekicks. They talk about stuff that we don't. So, Tune in to them. They're always a great listen. That's going to do it for me today. As always, thanks for listening and until next time. Mm